Your boy is here, and what an enthralling episode we've got coming for you. I chat to James Orcott about being at the Germany-England game and him having one of the most craziest experiences with a fellow fan. There was a guy I was sat with I'd met him that day, 60 plus, and tattoos everywhere, right? Like, and he was just moaning the whole game, and I'd been kind of warned about him. And the second goal went in, and I saw him, and he had his hands on his head, and he, and he was... He was crying. Southgate has been converting us all one by one. If you look at the teams that are left in the draw as well, um, on paper England has the strongest squad. It's got, the, I'd say, it's got the strongest eleven, and it definitely has the the, the strongest squad depth. Obviously, getting to a, fi- a Euros final when we've never been to one before, you know, it, it's classed as a success. But this really is a tournament England should be going on and winning. And Switzerland caused a stir against France, and their fans are daring to dream. There's uh, one roundabout in my my sort of village at home. Um, and everyone just sort of congregates on that roundabout every time uh, Switzerland wins or uh, or does well. So everyone was out there um, celebrating well into the night, and I'm and I'm sure there's a few sore heads uh, in the in the morning as well. That and so much more in episode four of the Nub. go the one we've been waiting for my partner kind of ex-partner in crime <laughs> on and off mr james yeah. on and off yeah yeah we're working on things all right we're working on things while i've been away he's been absolutely smashing it got over 100k subscribers on youtube and he is one of the hottest properties in town not saying physically but also maybe i'm saying physically as well but before we get into this england germany chat <laughs> i want to play this clip of you after the game about this because this is very out of character for you like were you leathered no, no so i'd ha- yeah I, I i did a video uh the next day because i needed to make clear that i wasn't like on anything you know illegal i'd had i'd had like four pints before the game but but no i was i was drunk on victory i was drunk on victory that's all. And I, I, yes, I, I haven't watched that back. Like I haven't seen that. I don't need to see that ever again. And I'm very close to deleting it this morning. But I've been told that it actually was encapsulated how a lot of people felt. So, so um, I'm going to leave it up there for now. But it could haunt me for the rest of my career. We'll see. In all fairness, as long as you don't watch it again, like I can't lie. The first time I watched it, I was like, "What is going on?" Because <laughs> it's so not like you to go. I'm so happy right now. Let me film myself. Yeah. So like, I was like, it was so non-instinct for you. But at the same time, obviously, like you're creating content non-stop. So it becomes like an instinct. Um, but it's just you shouting. I, like, honestly, I can't yeah. remember much. You know, and again, I wasn't that drunk, but I can't remember a lot of it. I think I presume I said shut up a lot because I just think I just yeah. thought Southgate had got so much uh, just a lack of respect, like a huge lack of respect towards him. And um 
uh, based on his you know club CV. When actually, I think you, I think if you're calm enough and watch him, you go, this guy is a, a diligent, intelligent guy. So let's just give him a let's let's let him fail before he's before we like, crucify the guy. So when he makes such a bold call and gets it right. I think it is. Everyone does need to shut up a little bit because, because I think you, you and I know, and we both get frustrated with this. Is that there's a lot of people that can that will, you know, people leaning, people getting annoyed at him leaning up being um, negative. I mean, really, are we going to go down that road? Like, how many people do that in 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 the um, you know on Twitter or wherever? Like, it's the first thing that people post. So for him to kind of be validated and. Just to just to win, well, you know, we don't normally win. It was, it was a lot. Mm. It was a lot, and um, yeah, I I sort of semi regret it, but um, yeah. yeah, but it's it was in the moment, and that's that's the problem as well. That's probably the weird thing for me is that, you know, I'm a QPR fan, so when I do a reaction to a game straight after, and I do that very often, I um I'm calm because it's not about my team. Mm. People don't know what I'm like when it's my team because I don't do it for QPR. So when I go to QPR, I'm like that. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty terrible. So, yeah. But, I mean, well, from, from what I saw and from what I heard, that atmosphere was like an atmosphere of like a Manchester derby type of atmosphere like you don't see that in international games because you have the fans who sit and just watch mm. you have the families but it felt like every single person in the stadium whether 12 or 112 was exactly like you were like practically on the pitch yeah it, yeah it really did feel like that and I think you know because we are getting it is slowly getting back to normal life um to have that kind of game and then the opportunity to be there and to sing um I think everyone just took the opportunity and there was 45,000 there. I honestly, I, you know, I've been to some games and a few atmospheres and, and sometimes it is about, you know, it can be a smaller, Loftus Road can be really loud even though it's 18,000 because if it's packed, then it's packed, right? But this wasn't mm. packed supposedly. And I still, I remember, I honestly remember thinking about three minutes in and going, I can't hear, I can't hear anything because it was that loud. Because we were, and the, um, you know, there was a booing of the national anthem of their national anthem, and you know, you can have your views on that either way. I, I kind of was like, but I, on that occasion, and I think in the past, I would have gone, "Oh, come on, be respectful." But I was like, "You're in our house. <laughs> You're in our house today. <laughs> like, you know, so be it." Because I just think it was just such a release for everyone to be able to to have that and have that game and that opportunity to go and be like that again. That people took the opportunity, and um, fortunately, we won. Thank God. We won't talk about the game too much. Obviously, I want to know what it was like being in the stadium because I said this before we started. I'm mad jealous because I was going down my Instagram and every single person I know was at this game. So yeah. talk to me about that game being in the stadium as if I don't even know what's happened because I feel like even though I watched it on TV, I didn't even experience half of it. Yeah, I guess it's one of those where, you know, you're, I think we're all so used to watching games on TV that it's weird. You're kind of watching, you're there obviously in the moment, um, but you're kind of, you're not used to only having one angle of it all and, and <laughs> taking everything in. And it's just all a, a, a bit of a blur, to be honest. And and the fact that there was, you know, the only, the first time I saw a German person or German fan was in the stadium when I saw the, saw some of the flags 
um, for their area of it all. But otherwise, it was just wall-to-wall England fans and wall-to-wall England fans that were up for it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's the big thing. You know, you can have... You go to grounds and, you know, naming no names, but there, there are places you go and, the you know, the fans aren't up for it. They don't feel like they've got a part to play. I think that was the difference with this. When you haven't had fans available to you, um, we did. It was at Wembley. And that's why it's such an opportunity for England now to, to get somewhere. So, to yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to rub it in at all, but, you, you know, you've asked me the question. So it's it was right up there. It is right up there. And the goals... <laughs> I like I've I've seen uh, I've seen QPR win a playoff final at Wembley um in and in the 88th minute when we had 10 men and you kind of don't think it's going to work out for you and that was a release this was right up there because it was you know because it was Germany and and, and the reason that you know we don't beat Germany yeah, <laughs> yeah. so Muller goes, so like, Muller goes in and like destiny's already yeah. written like everybody thinks it's a goal like, I was like mm. to be fair I said at the time I don't think he's going to score because he hasn't got the legs because Walker's on the way across. But still, it's Muller and it's Germany. So you're going, ah, yeah. oh, it's top corner. It's, it's game over. It's all going wrong. It's Sterling. It was going to meant to, it was meant to be like this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You think it's too good to be true. Totally. And uh, and when, but so when he does miss that, because also the other thing that's interesting, like, again, as a as a championship fan, I don't have VAR in my life. Mm. So when I when a goal scored and I'm at a game, that's the end of it. I, I you know, I can go wherever I want to go, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, but, and, and, and interestingly, apparently, you know, for the first goal, or one of the goals, there was a VAR check. I, I That did not enter my mind at any moment. I, I had gone, it was over, like it was too late. But when that first goal goes in and then Muller gets put through, and so my angle's like, um, so where um, where Kane ran to and, and did his oh, slide, slide. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was sort of up in that corner. So you've got this beautiful view of firstly the game, which was great, but like the the Muller chance after we've scored, and I've like oh, I was like in my head, I'm it's a million thoughts, but you're going, we've gone too early, haven't we? <laughs> oh, this is it. Oh, here we go, and this is where we get our hearts broken. And when he missed it, I would never say it out loud, but I was like, this is ours. I yeah, think. yeah. <laughs> this is this one's ours. And you don't if he's missing that, then sure, it just sure it just started to sort of like almost felt like it was just meant to be like not just a Muller thing just little little breaks where Germany were kind of away but then something had just happened like Walker would pop out somewhere Maguire's massive head like the commentator said would pop out somewhere and, <laughs> yeah he shouldn't have said yeah, that yeah yeah it was well weird he was like he's got a big head him yeah. he's got a big head I was like yeah. Yeah, everyone's kind of aware um but yeah. just generally as well like Kane when he went down how many times have we seen him not get back up and I was like oh and then the mm. change that Southgate made for the first time in this tournament a lot of people would have said that was the change to make. And I think it was the first time he made that change and not to say we're all the best managers in the world, but like when that happens on an occasion like that against Germany, it feels like all the stars are aligning. Um, and it just felt hostile. Like I, I wasn't, I'm not obviously a German Good. fan, but yeah, it felt like if I was a Germany player, I wouldn't want the ball because you're getting booed. And yeah. it was like, it was very like almost aggressive without needing to be aggressive. There was no one running on a pitch. There was no scrapping. It was just like voices yeah. were just in their heads the entire game. Um, yeah, that was the that was certainly my aim. <laughs> like that, I think that, and that should be our that should be our aim as England fans. If we've got the advantage of it being at Wembley and we're allowed to have a decent amount of fans, and you know, of course, it's a you know, it's heartbreaking what has happened with all of it. But you know, you got to play the cards you're dealt, and so I think that was that was maybe why it was so special. Again, another layer is that 
we we really felt we had an opportunity here to make a difference because I think you've seen it, you know, you've seen it with the, um, even in a couple of games at the end of the Premier League season where you had a couple of fans there and the players were just that little yeah. bit more emotive, weren't they? So, um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm pleased that, you know, every, that was how it came across to everyone else. I just think everyone want, was desperate for that mm. release of, of that game, but also winning that game. So, you know, it's the first one you're like, oh my God. This is this could really really be happening, and then the second one's the second one was special because you're just like, no, oh, that yeah, is it now. It, that, that, this is actually going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and there was a there was a guy I was sat with, near with I'd met him that day. He's like sixty plus and tattoos everywhere, <laughs> right? Like, and he was just moaning the whole game, and I'd been kind of warned about him moaning. Um, and the second guy went in, and I saw him. He had his hands on his head, and he and he was he was crying. And I said, are you all right? He went, he went, I've waited for this for so long. <laughs> and I was like, so even the guys that are like, we've all been so pessimistic for so long, deep down, we all just want to win, you know? And so so to beat Germany, it's like, it's something you only really see on FIFA or Football Manager. You don't see it in yeah, real life. absolute madness. Um, what next? Like, I know, I know, like, I am also one of these people who when we were all celebrating, I was already thinking... Let's relax. Let's not think we've won it. There's a long way to go. Potentially three games, but one game at a time. Um, what next? Ukraine beating Sweden. What, what, I'll, I'll tell you what I think of that after you tell me what you think of it. That is probably the draw, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, let's be, you know, if we've been sensible, I was trying to be sensible before. I have to be sensible now. We should win that game. And I, I think we, I think we, I think we pump them. I really do. Because I think I see something in the eyes of those players and I don't think they're... And it's as easy for me to say, that you know, soon after a, a victory like that. But I think what I really like is that I think they're annoyed about the World Cup yeah. still. And that kind of that kind of um, professional anger <laughs> is, is very good, you know, because it's about... It's not about fear of that pressure. It's of like, this is pressure I'm putting on myself. And I think those players were... Whereas previously... I think in the Germany game they had our our baggage on them. Now I don't. I honestly don't even think they'll be thinking about us now, which is great. But they'll be putting their own pressure on themselves because they'll be they're Champions mm. League winners and Premier League winners. So they'll be going, we're not we're not losing to Ukraine. We're going to go destroy them. That will is what will be in their minds, I think. And so I think we'll I, I think we'll do that one very well. I think we'll beat them very easily. And um. <laughs> Dare I say? And uh, the semi-final, I, I'm, I am somewhat worried about that one with Denmark because I think Denmark will win that game and that's a really tough game. But there's absolutely no reason why we, we do not get to that final. You know? That's all I wanted to hear. I thought you were going to be really cautious <laughs> and careful. But like the reality is, if you just look on paper, Ukraine are no match for England. No disrespect to Ukraine. They've got a couple of good players. They also played 120 minutes nearly. I think actually, yeah, they did. They played 120 minutes. So they're going to be knackered and a couple of their best players are already knackered. Yarmolenko's absolutely gone and he's so critical to the way they play. I just can't see yeah. England losing to Ukraine. Like, I, it, if that was to yeah. happen, it would be the stupidest way to go out. Like, you'd rather go out to Denmark because they've got the story, they've got the narrative, they've got everything going for them. And you feel like if you go out to them, look, it won't hurt as much. Or losing in the final probably will hurt, but like going out to Ukraine just wouldn't feel right. And the hunger's there. Like it's not like France. You know that France Switzerland game. One Switzerland are a better side than I think people give them credit for. Secondly, 
France have won it. And and you can say what you want. You can say you want to go for it again. Mm. I tipped them to win it. I'm sure most people did. But but that kind of grit and hunger, sometimes you don't have it. And, uh, you, you're more likely to have yeah. it if you haven't won it before than if you have. And I think that's the difference between us um, and, and a, a France in terms of losing to a smaller, you know, weaker nation. I don't think that happens with us. Certainly not against Ukraine. I just can't. Can you imagine? It. I, just can't. I don't want to say it. But can you imagine? It? <laughs> Ukraine five, England nil. You just be like, what? Has, what is that? <laughs> anyway, I won't even. I won't even start to think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, just before I let you go, what did you end up doing last night after you got back from the game? So I am. Um, so we walked out, and um, the guy had um, got me a, a ticket so before it. He said, because <laughs> we we kind of. There was this big circle outside and they were like, oh, um, I was like, can we go? I was like, let's, can we go over there where they're all singing? And they were like, yeah, I guess okay, we can go over there. So we went over there. And then when we're in the uh, bit before the game, there was a bit where everyone, you know, all the fans were. And I was like, can we go over there? And there was, she's like, uh, he was like, you're a real like energy sponge, aren't you? Like you want to be around that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So when we got out, I was like, we're not going home, are we? <laughs> we're not, we're not, we don't just walk home now, do we? And um. I had to get the train home anyway. So he was like, oh, yeah, we could go for a drink. So we sort of walked for a little bit and found a pub. And and then the um, in the pub, obviously, you've got to be at tables. And there was three of us and two guys behind. And they said, oh, were you, uh, are you okay to go as a five? And we were like, yeah, you know, everyone's bouncing. Like, Every, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And I sort of turned around to him and went, what can we talk about? <laughs> and then it was like, it was, it, was, it was an easy conversation. So, yeah, we had a, we had a, a couple of drinks then. Uh, and then actually they t- the two guys who I was with, they said, oh, we're going to go now. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to go yet. So I'm going to stay. So I stayed with these two um, Birmingham City fans uh, for another drink. And then, uh, yeah, and then moseyed on home, um, feeling pretty glorious and Amazing. not having a voice by that point. But it, this is what it's about, though, right? Surely, like, surely we've got to enjoy these because you're right. We, you know, we could go out to the Ukraine in a couple of days and then it's over. So I might yeah, as well enjoy it now, right? Like, it's the, it's probably the only time that's what you that's get about. to roam around streets. I don't drink, but for people who are drunk, who can just make friends, and it's really mellow, and everyone's sound, and there's no beef because you're not bothered about what's going on. You're just bothered about England, and you all have a mutual interest. And you're all striving for the same goal and you all come together. It's, it is a really, yeah. really nice part of like these competitions. Um, and if we go all the way then, totally. Jesus, Jesus, it's going to be limbs. I think England England fans do the best limbs going. James, pleasure as That's always. Uh, if you do happen to go to the final, I expect you to take me with you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of a cube forming now, and I, I need to take it off someone else. So we'll uh, we'll see, mate. I mean, uh, it'll, um, those tickets will go for a lot of money, I think, if uh, if we can get there. But you know, fingers crossed, we can, and fingers crossed, my uh, guys can come can come up jumps again. That's what we need. England and that is the topic but there is a man who's been sitting behind this side that is finally getting the praise he deserves and I'm joined by Beth who works in sports PR but has recently become a Gareth Southgate convert from what I've been told. Beth how are you doing? I'm not bad thanks thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. We're going to talk about the man because he's become a legend overnight but 
a lot of things have happened over this Euros where people have massively questioned them. The team sheets came out and have been coming out throughout the Euros. And all that keeps happening is people saying, ah, he's got it wrong again. He started this guy, he started that guy. When you saw the team sheets yesterday, just be honest, did you think he's got it wrong? Absolutely. I thought, what is he doing <laughs> playing seven out of ten defensive outfield players? Um, I thought it was going to be boring. I thought Germany would overpower us in the midfield. And I was very, very happy to be proven wrong. Well, he absolutely nailed his team sheet. And then also substitutions. We've all been saying, give us Grealish, give us Sancho, give us Rashford, give us this, that and the other. He started with Saka. And I think it's probably one of the first times he's made a change that most of the fans were thinking, oh, that's the one we all want. Yeah, I am a Jack Grealish fan first and an Aston Villa fan second. So one of the sources of pain with Southgate for me through the group stages was that I know what Jack Grealish can do and he is a world-class player and the team was, cry there was, the team was crying out for creativity and someone that could really ignite the spark in the attack. Um, I know there was people saying that Southgate has some sort of personal issue with Jack Grealish, which I never, which I never believed. I think he just didn't trust him to play the, st the style of football that he wanted. Um, but yeah, to see him come on at 60 minutes last night and really change the game, it's clear that, you know, Southgate does believe in him and believes that he has the keys to unlock the attack, which he definitely proved that he could do so. It was just biding the moment where Jack could really have the impact that we all know he could have, and it paid off brilliantly. Would you, would you call that a Gareth Southgate masterclass? I would say so. I would go as yeah. far to say so. It was incredible, and... Seeing uh, Rice and Phillips move further forward, and Luke, I thought Luke Shaw was exceptional last night, as were the back uh, the back three. Um, every every single player put in an eight out of ten performance minimum, um, and the, yeah, the, uh, you can say it was a weakened German team, but I think that's doing a, a discredit to Southgate and the team last night. Well, this is happening commonly in the tournament, isn't it? That was, England beat Croatia, and the comment was Croatia poor, and I will admit I was one of those people who said that. Uh, we've beaten Czech Republic, and everyone said Czech Republic are poor. And then when Croatia gave Spain a battle, everyone was like, oh, maybe Croatia aren't that bad. The fact that Czech Republic have got this far, all of a sudden Czech Republic aren't that bad. This feels like it's a Southgate thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think I was definitely one of those people that was criticising Southgate. But the first three group game matches were boring. I saw the stat that Italy had more shots on target against both Turkey and Wales in, one, in both games than England managed in all three games combined, which is... It's not what you want to see, but England doesn't have a great history in this tournament. Um, we don't tend to do very well. So to come through the group stage comfortably without conceding a goal and then to put in a performance like that against Germany. I mean, anyone now that is still criticising them has to hold their hands up, I think, and say that he's, he's been nothing short of exceptional now when you look at the tournament as a whole. Hmm. Do, would you say now, because of the, the recent, like, I guess, praise he's had from people, people like yourself, like me, fans in general, now have a belief in him that whatever Southgate says is what we believe in. Yeah, I definitely think he has a he has a he has a long term plan for this tournament. Um, it'd be it'll be interesting to see who lines up on Saturday. Uh, with no disrespect to Ukraine, but if he if he sees it as maybe a game to give players like Phillips, who have played every minute of the tournament, um, a break, it'll be interesting to see who plays an attack as well. But yeah, definitely, I think even down to sticking by Harry Kane, Harry Kane when people were calling for him to be dropped. Not putting Dominic Calvert-Lewin on the bench last night was a very bold decision. Um, but when Kane scored, I mean, you could see what it meant to the entire team. And again, it was a decision that paid off. You have to admit, though, when Kane went down, were you also thinking, oh, my God, we need DCL here? 
I, I think they need Ollie Watkins in the squad personally, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you've come on, you come on way too late for that discussion because <laughs> that conversation happened a long time before the Euros. Um, as a whole, he's, he's also said he's not paying much attention to the noise, which obviously is the media and what people are saying. But it's quite interesting because Declan Rice, in his interview yesterday, said that oh, you know, um, the media doesn't believe in us. They don't think we're making the right choices, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Gareth seems to be on a route, on a plan. If we stuck by this plan, let's say, for example, beat Ukraine 1-0, then beat Denmark or Czech Republic 1-0, got to the final playing like that, would you be okay with that? Or would you still think we can do more because of the squad we've got? It's hard to say. And I think if we don't make it to the final now, it, this tournament will be considered a failure with the with the run that we've had and the performance they put in against Germany. Like this tournament, this tournament is here for the taking. Um, if you look at the draw left, the draw and the t- if you look at the teams that are left in the draw as well, um, on paper, England has the strongest squad. It's got, the, I'd say it's got the strongest 11 and it definitely has the, the, the strongest squad depth. Um, obviously getting to a, fi- a Euros final when we've never been to one before, you know, it, it's classed as a success, but this really is a tournament England should be going on and winning. It, so I don't know, we'll have to see. Uh, see uh, I feel like, I see I've spoken to a lot of England fans and um, I feel like we're all saying... We're going to beat Ukraine. And I completely agree. I think like if England got to Ukraine now, it doesn't matter what you've done against Germany. That would be embarrassing. No disrespect to Ukraine. Then either it's Denmark or Czech Republic. And then you've got, I would say, probably quite likely an Italy in the final. I think that's the one team that England probably could do with avoiding because they do have the squad depth. They've also, they're in that sort of phase that England are in where they've got a lot of players that are at the top of their game or coming to the top of their game. And they've got, Mancini as a gaffer and it just feels as though that story is written already agreed and I think the the challenge for Southgate and the challenge for England is they've not chased a game yet they've not gone behind which is a credit to the defense but we've also not seen I mean mean, if Germany went 1-0 up within 30 minutes yesterday we could be sitting here having a very different story I think we we haven't seen this squad chase a game um and we've not we've not seen the character that they have when we go behind so if that does happen in the in the quarters the semis or potentially the final yeah I, I do agree there's there's a chance, you know, it might not all end up rosy. Are you ever so slightly worried that, aside from Gareth Southgate, now I, I don't know what he's thinking right now, but he's obviously turned everyone's heads and everyone seems to be on his side now. But as fans, we're all going, beat Ukraine, get to the final. And there's like another game in between that. We still have to beat Ukraine. Are you worried that we're starting to lose sight a little bit of like game by game? So now we're thinking we're just going to make it there because we're England. It's the classic English mantra, isn't it? We're, we're negative before the tournament starts. Nobody thought we would beat Germany. And now everyone is disregarding these two teams that we might play in the middle because, oh, it's, it's maybe an easier rule. There's a certain sense of arrogance that we're England and we should be beating these teams. Um, I, I get why the players aren't particularly fans of the media. And I think playing all their games at Wembley as well, it's probably impossible to escape the sort of fanfare that is, is around the tournament and is around the squad. But... This country, this country feels united right now, and they're definitely everyone is behind is behind is behind the team. They've been incredibly fortunate to play as many games as they have at Wembley in front of a home crowd, and um, so I think it will be good to go to Rome on Saturday and to have a bit of a break from that to see what it's like to play when the entire crowd isn't roaring you on. I think that'll be a good challenge as well. It's quite fortunate the games against Ukraine in Rome, isn't it? Like, yeah, if definitely. that was someone else, it might have been a bit different. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ukraine are a good side, and I think. They've they've definitely done better than everyone expected them to, but this is also a team that played, that came third in their group. Um, they've had some in, in, 
you know, some incredible individual performances from Sachenko and Yarmolenko. But you've got you've got to think. I know everyone. We don't want to get dreaming ahead of ourselves, but, oh, in- but think about Iceland. <laughs> think back to Iceland. They didn't. Even, they had one player that we all knew, and everyone else was just random. We've all wiped out Iceland from our memories. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I have completely. When Muller went in on goal yesterday, all the bad memories came back. <laughs> yeah, but I am also sat here thinking. I wonder if Denmark are thinking the Ericsson thing happened. This is our tournament. Definitely. Like, I think a lot of teams that are in it now, like Mancini's story of not being able to celebrate because he didn't have a didn't play in Italia ninety, so that's his story. Southgate's his redemption uh, for what happened in ninety six. Everyone's got like their own narratives. <laughs> Maybe because we're in England and we're like, this is our narrative, this is yeah. our year, it's coming home. I do fear that a little bit. I do think our entire starting eleven now, maybe with the exception of Harry Kane, is buzzing with confidence. I mean, Raheem Sterling has gone from being what on earth is he doing in the starting eleven to being he could win player of the tournament potentially um and you, i think you saw what it meant i mean if you saw the interview with Grealish yesterday when he said he was going to shoot and then he saw harry was open so he crossed it for him it's a team that's working for each other i think and you can tell they all get on well so when you've got your when you've got a quality starting eleven that's buzzing with confidence i mean again i don't want to get ahead of myself oh, it's getting excited <laughs> it's getting excited i've already tried to book my uh, pub booking for wednesday and for the following sunday oh wow <laughs> Oh man, well, I hope for you uh, in particular after this conversation that England do make it all the way because I, I imagine you've probably paid a deposit for them pub bookings. And oh, you're not like, getting in it central back. London, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Amazing, thank you, Beth. Cool, thanks so much. Uh, my boy Paul, obviously uh, Switzerland. I, 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 I honestly, I was lost for words. So I'm going to let you take over because they're your country, they're your side. It was absolute madness, wasn't it? Crazy, crazy, crazy night. I think I got so many messages, people in Switzerland just celebrating, taking over the streets. Um, I generally think it was like an unofficial unofficial holiday the day after that victory because it was crazy. Roller coaster of emotions. Um, you know, you obviously go up uh, 1-0, then, you know, you get the penalty. You think, this is it, 2-0, we're going we're gonna to win. Um, Benzema comes up with a madness, a madness that, that, that goal was, was ridiculous. Two goals in, in the space of, of three minutes. And then you're thinking, okay, well, they're, they're obviously, you know, world champs. They're going to ride this out easily. Um, and then to come back in that, in that fashion, those, those sort of two goals, ridiculous, um, absolute scenes. And then, you know, to, to pull through to penalties. I mean, it's, it's what a way to... What a way to win it! Uh, obviously, you know, feel sorry for the other team, but you know, France have won enough, so <laughs> I think we're we're all we're all on the same page here. What 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 were you doing at the time of the game? Obviously, you're watching the game, but like, where were you? What was the crack? Who were you with? You know what? I I typically um, like to watch the games on my own, just because if it goes bad, I don't want to be around people and everyone's just kind of you know commenting and, and making fun of you and stuff so I was actually watching it just at home with my with my flatmates but just um just going crazy crazy because because uh, some of the, my flatmates also used to live in Switzerland so you know we 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 fully sort of enjoyed that moment um yeah mad night mad scenes proper psycho behavior that watch sat, sat watching a massive knockout game by yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah man yeah I've got this thing I just have to watch it on my own and I'll do the same for the the quarterfinals you know it just, just can't have people in my ear just you know I, I need to be able to focus on the game and uh, and analyze it in my own way do you think you're making a difference you think you're sat there going Shaka yeah that's, that's the pass I said that's the pass I said 
Man, it's crazy. Like, I'm, I'm not really that religious or anything, but when it comes to tournament football, I think everyone's got their little superstitions and, uh, and little things. So you got you to stick to it, right? In every game, you got to do the same same routines, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. So. Well, let's talk about Jacka because I've just mentioned him there, and he's had a hell of a roller coaster ride. My days, this guy absolutely ran the show against France. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, I, he, he's been through so much, right? He gets a lot of stick um, at, at Arsenal, and uh, I think he, he's definitely a key player for Switzerland, right? He's, if he's not playing, there's a, there's a massive hole in, in, the, in the central midfield there, and um, I think you could see it on the, on the last goal. I think he, he got the assist, so yeah, really pleased for him to kind of uh, silence, silence the critics um, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know what his, what his future looks like, but it looks like he, he might be um, on the way out of, of London uh, to, to Italy. I think in one of the um, post-match interviews, he was like, should I do this in Italian or, or not? So maybe a slight, slight, uh, slight dig at the, the Arsenal fans already there. But um, yeah, no, played played his socks off. It was it, th- That game, I think like the Euros has taken a while to get going. And I, I'd probably say, I think it was, it was maybe the Portugal game that really like lit up and I was like Portugal Germany okay we've had a flavor but I think actually the story of the Euros always is like the smaller nation turning up mm. and doing a mad one on, on a big nation and I don't think like I don't think there's any way that Switzerland could have done that more heroically and wildly like Ricardo Rodriguez who's been Switzerland's main boy for like 10 years missing a penalty and immediately you're thinking yeah that's it Pogba bends one in from 40 yards out and does seven celebrations for one goal <laughs> and you're thinking it's lights out and then Gavranovic comes off the bench and the commentator said he likes a goal this kid he likes a goal yeah. um, and the first one's offside and you're thinking it's just not going to happen at that point yeah. when when he was offside in that first goal were you thinking that's as done. Like it felt like that was yeah. it. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, that was it. Like there's no, there's no way you're coming back. It's the world champions. They're they're known for being, you know, solid defensively and having a good setup, and then um, hitting you on the break, or you know, they've just got that individual talent that's that's gonna that's gonna beat you man for man. They're obviously better in every single position, but um, yeah, no, it's definitely the the sort of story of of international football, isn't it? It's it's not necessarily. The best teams that win and that's why um that's why we love it right but there's yeah i did not give switzerland a a, a hope uh a, a chance to to win this win this game there's just no no hope there but you know they, they brought they pulled through you mentioned you mentioned france and i think like a lot of people said the day after france were arrogant do you feel as though that's quite rude towards switzerland yeah i mean i feel like you know they should be given some credit for, for fighting back and you know, we led we led the Fran- the France team for a good sixty minutes or fifty five or whatever it was. So, you know, they they deserve some credit here. Um, but you know, it, of course, the narrative is going to be more focused on uh, on on France losing rather than sort of Switzerland Switzerland winning. But you know, the the Swiss people are are, are enjoying the moment, so um, they're they're definitely you know the ones laughing now. <laughs> I was going to say, what is the mood like there? Like, what was it like? Obviously, you said the next day was a, pretty much a holiday. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Like, um, you, I I just got videos from. So I'm based in London, but all my friends in Switzerland 
got videos um, from from then sort of celebrating in the streets, um, literally like fireworks and stuff <laughs> within like half an hour of the of the match finishing. I'm like, how did you how did you guys you just had like a stock of fireworks at home or something <laughs> like just in case. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the streets were were packed with people, like you know cars. Uh, Cars roaming around, um, people screaming, celebrating. On there's there's a, a, a one roundabout in my my sort of village at home, um, and everyone just sort of congregates on that roundabout every time uh, Switzerland wins or uh, or does well. So everyone was out there um, celebrating well into the night, and I'm and I'm sure there's a few sore heads uh, in the, in the morning as well. Are you daring to dream? Are you thinking this could be it? You know what? I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't say never. Now that um, that that's happened, you know. I, I probably before the game against France, I would have said there's no chance, you know, no chance. Switzerland's always been the team that um, that's almost known for just kind of making making the numbers. Hmm. Um, you know, at the tournament, they they're always that team that will probably get through the group stage. Um, but then I don't think they've won a knockout game for a while. I think under Petkovic, they hadn't won a knockout game until until the other day. So um, <clears throat> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, definitely wouldn't have given them a chance before, but but you know who knows? I mean, it's it's kind of open now. You know, like obviously they're on the the tougher side of the draw, but you know you've seen big big teams are are dropping out. So um, you know, and there's big teams as well, the likes of of Spain and um, you know Germany are obviously out now, but big teams who aren't necessarily on top form. So you know why not? Why not? Are you thinking you take on Spain and like? Like my feeling is not to put a massive downer on Switzerland or or yourself <laughs> is like you've given everything against France. Like everything that could have happened happened. Like like I mentioned, a missed penalty, yeah. an offside goal, a worldie from Pogba. You win on penalties. I feel like everything that could have happened happened in that game. Now I don't remember. Maybe it has happened, but I don't remember when a team has done that like on repeat, like yeah. three times. Like that's something that happens in a final, right? True, but. So basically, you're saying it's going to be an easy one nil, one nil, one nil win then. <laughs> nice and boring. I like it. I like it, Rambo. Um, yeah, no, I mean Spain. Spain had a, a crazy game too, right? So um, they went to extra time as well. So I feel like you know they might be a bit tired, a bit leggy. Who knows, man? Could could happen. And the thing is, though, if you beat Spain, like let's let's think ahead for a second. That you beat Spain, <laughs> all of a sudden you must be thinking we've beaten Spain, we've beaten France. And if it's Belgium or Italy, it doesn't even matter. And then it could be a date with England, potentially in the final. Like potentially, <laughs> potentially, potentially. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously still a few sort of finals to play, um, and and they, you know, they're, they're going to have to give everything. But um, I think once you start building that momentum, that's that's what tournament football is about, right? That you know, you you might not have the best start um, historically. You know, when Germany won the World Cup, when France. Uh, when France won the World Cup, they didn't have great group stages, but then you build a bit of confidence, a bit of momentum into the tournament, and uh, and then anything's possible. Um, I do think you know if they if they maybe all right, let's say they get through to past Spain. If they then get Italy, they might Italy obviously have the edge. They they lost three nil to to Italy in the group, so there's maybe maybe a bit of a mental edge there. But um, I'm sure the the guys would then be up for for getting revenge. But I mean, yeah. It, you got to get through through past Spain first. I mean, that's a that's just, a big just ask. Just let too. yourself dream, man. Just dream for a minute. Yeah, you man. Can, you Come can... on, Wembley, eleventh of July, <laughs> <laughs> England, Switzerland. What a game! Oh, I love it. I love how you put England in there already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, if it's if it's Denmark, Switzerland, then it might not be as appealing. But oh well. <laughs> 
are joined by Sam from We Are Tottenham TV. Uh, the quarterfinals are here and ready to go, and some of the ties are very, very, very tasty. Uh, Switzerland, Spain, let's start there. Switzerland obviously shocking France and Spain scrapping past Croatia uh, and Alvaro Morata being the hero. There's been quite a few little hero stories this Euros. Um, how do you feel about this one? I've got a feeling we might be on for a bit of a classic. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I think if, if, if we sat here, you know, 24 hours before both games and said it's going to be a Spain-Switzerland quarterfinal, I think, don't think anyone would have agreed with us. Um mm. It's, it's really interesting because I've not been convinced on Spain. Um, they aren't the Spain that, you know, won the Euros in, in 2012. They was, it wasn't the Spain that won the World Cup in, in 2010. Just making sure I get my years right. Um, and, it, but, and, with, um, and with Switzerland, I think it's the first time in like 60 years they got past the round of 16. So yeah. it, it's a really interesting time because Spain, you know, they like the, they like the possession they like to pass it around. They like to wait for that opening. Whereas I think Switzerland is just more than happy to wait and hit you on the break, as we saw, as we saw against France. They took. They didn't have that. They, whilst they deserved to go through, I don't think they had a lot of chances other than the, the penalty, and they scored three good goals. But it's. A, I think it's a really, really interesting. I can see this one going all the way as well. Yeah, I mean, Spain have had a bit of a, an awkward tournament. Like, they looked really drab and boring in the group stages. Then they turn up and score five against Croatia and concede three. Um, and then also, the gaffer's been tinkering constantly. We have barely seen any any of Thiago Alcantara. Mm-hmm. Sarabia has become like a starter, even though he hasn't had a terrific season. It feels as though he's almost like still trying to figure out what his team is. It's probably not a good thing right before a quarterfinal. Yeah, exactly. Also, and you have players like, you know, Ferran Torres, who don't really get a look in under Pep at City, but under Luis Enrique, he's even even coming off the bench, he's unbelievable. He always seems to pop up with a goal. Um, same with Alvaro Morata, whilst he misses chance after chance, he seems to, well, I think he scored uh, in, the, in the 5-3, scored in the 5-0, he scored in the game with Poland as well. Um, so that's three on the bounce for him, for someone that gets a lot of criticism. Um, so it's, it's an interesting one as well, because also it's the same with Switzerland, I think, as with Seferovic, who for at Benfica doesn't really hit the doesn't really set the world alight. Um, even before the Euros, Arambi was linked with he was linked with Tottenham as for uh, season after season, especially last summer, and he, mm. uh, nobody wanted wanted him really. He's not somebody you thought out and out goal scorer, and even this tournament. Two against France. Um, who did they? Who did they uh, beat? The Turkey in the in the third group game. He scored in that yeah. game. These players seem to come alive when playing for their countries. The likes of Granit Xhaka is a different player in the Swiss team than when he plays for Arsenal. Um, and, and the same goes for for this uh, Spain side as well. The likes of Torres, Morata, Sarabia. Who do you think wins? It's going to go all the way. I really think. I think Spain will come through it. That just because of the experience, the, the the tournament experience, like you said, players like Thiago that can come off the bench and make a difference, um, just as Pelaqueta, Jordi Alba, there's just these just these names that have that that have that tournament experience, and I also think that if that horrendous or weird own goal that occurred in the Croatia game, you know, with the thirty yard mm. back pass, if that doesn't happen, I think Spain would have gone on to win that a little bit more comfortably. So it's not, not a bad shout. Um, not a bad shout. I'd go Spain. Just I think Spain in extra time. Well, very very specific. Uh, the game of the tournament, or I'd probably say, is definitely the game 
the best game out of the quarters for the neutral is Belgium, Italy. Mm-hmm. Now, Belgium might be without Hazard. They might be without De Bruyne. Italy have probably been the team of the tournament. They've probably played the best football, scored more goals than most teams, and have kept plenty of clean sheets as well. Where do you see this one going? It's a tough one. For me, I've always... I've actually... I've, I've got Belgium in my sweepstakes, so I actually want them to win. However, I think Belgium... Are, the difference between Belgium and Italy, I think Italy are a team. I think Roberto Mancini has got them playing some unbelievable football, the cohesion, the... Um, the togetherness, the fight, the defensive um, solidness, is that a word? Um, solidity, yeah, solidity. Maybe. Um, they're just, they, they've been, you know, really, really great to watch so far this tournament. I think they've created the most chances. Um, whereas I, I look at Belgium and I see more of a team of individuals, regardless of whether uh, Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne are fit for the for the game. You look at Lukaku, Mertens, you know, all these Tielemans, they're talented, talented players, but I think they're a team of individuals. I don't think Roberto Martinez, no disrespect, is is the right manager for for that such a talented group of players. Um, and that's where I think the difference is. And if you look at that, I mean, I'm sure you watched the Portugal-Belgium game. Portugal will probably yeah. feel very hard done by to lose that game by a goal to nil. It was a great goal by Torgan Hazard, but did Belgium have a chance after that goal? I can't think of anything that, that sticks out of my mind. I'm once again going to throw you under the bus. And this is a tricky one. Who do you think goes through? This is, I, I, I actually, I'm biased on this one. Obviously, I've got Belgium in my sweet state. But also, you said that the you, you, you spoke about Belgium being not great at the back. Because they've got Toby Alderweireld and Yama Tongan, I still think that's one of the best defensive partnerships around. Um, even now? Even now. I just thought, even actually, that's the one thing about Belgium that I watched things that point. I thought, you know what, defensively, they rode their luck, but they were really, really good. Um, so, uh, it's a tough one because, like you said, I agree. I don't, <laughs> I don't watch Italy and, and think they're going to score every. It's a tough one because Immobile hasn't hit the heights really yet. He scored a couple of goals in the group stage, but hasn't. Insigne and Berardi have probably been their, you know, their, their biggest sparks in attacking, attacking. Even Locatelli, who, who has definitely secured himself a big move this summer from his performances. It's a tough one, I think. Nil nil, and I think without De Bruyne, without De Bruyne, I'm going to go nil nil in Italy. Italy on pens. I think what just what, what these these results that we've just seen the last few days. I think what it shows, is, especially at an international level, is that you can have all the best players in the world if you've got the team spirit and the, the togetherness, and you're all on the same page and you're all fighting for the same thing. It, that that can go much further than having the three best players in world football. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I mean team. No, go ahead. Team Spirit. You mentioned Team Spirit. I'm going to go to Team Spirit because it's Denmark. And the Team Spirit they've shown... I've said the word Team Spirit about 40 times now. (laughs) What they've shown to get to this stage is completely and utterly sensational. But they're going up against Czech Republic, who are naturally going to be the bad guys in this tie because, obviously, it's against Denmark. Mm -hmm. But they've surprised a few. When they took on England, they weren't great. Do you think the Czechs can dampen the Danish fire? Um, Yeah. Look, firstly, Denmark deserves so much credit. Not only is Ericsson so, in, he's their best player by a country mile. He's their best player. He's their he's probably the man who makes them tick. He's he's their creative influence. He's like the the talisman of Denmark. And obviously, wish him all the best. And I lo- I love him being a Spurs fan. I absolutely love him. Um, he gave me some unbelievable memories over the last five years, um, from or longer seven eight years. I think he was at the club. So I, Denmark deserves a lot of credit. Unbelievable performances. 
And like you said, it shows what Team Spirit can do. However, I think the Czech Republic are a bit of a dark horse here. You, you say that they weren't great against England. I thought at times, especially in that second half, they controlled the ball. They controlled the game. They mm. they didn't... You, you wouldn't say they had a lot of clear, clear clutch chances, but they can... I think we saw it against the Netherlands. They can they can cause cause some damage. They've got Patrick Schick in the form of his life, who seems a man transformed since he was playing under Nagelsmann at Leipzig. The the West Ham boys are, are good players. Um, I like the goalie. I think he's a great goalkeeper, and I like a couple of. I, I think they're a good team. I think they're well organised. I think. Do you think they beat Denmark? Though? I think this is team spirit versus team spirit as well. Everyone seems to be on the same page mm. in, in that Czech Republic side, all fighting for each other, uh, which I think is why. You saw with that France team, that was who's got the biggest ego on that football pitch. Um, where these two sides, again, I think this this there's going to be goals. Um, I think Denmark, whilst they defended really well against Wales in their in their win, I think they, if Wales had somebody with no disrespect, a little bit better than Kiefer Moore up front or a little bit more mobile, um, I think they could have caused Denmark some problems. Um, I think Denmark will go through, but I think it could be high scoring, like a two-one Denmark, three-two even. Um, I, I was waiting for you to say it's going to go to penalties. No, no, no. no. I think ten, 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 eleven. I, to I think this is going to be two-two-one or three-two to them. I just think you can't break the Danish spirit at the moment. I, I just can't. Who's going to? I think the only people that might break it is us. Well, that's where I'm going next. In one word, Ukraine or England? England. But it would be very England to now lose to the Ukraine, would it not? Yeah, I mean, I will say nothing else on this topic until after Ukraine-England and on the next episode, just in case (laughs) I get pulled up for like a jinx or something. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for your time. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. The Euros are nearly, nearly done. And every single country has a narrative. Everyone is daring to dream. Oh, just take a breath, have a little breather, have a day off, drop a subscribe, give us a follow, and if you have the comment section, then leave a comment. It has probably been one of the most craziest weeks in international football, and it's going to continue. Enjoy it with us, and I'll see you on episode five. What makes a good football manager? A flashy suit, a track suit, or is it down to luck? Decision making, wheeling and dealing, or signing star players? At the end of the day, it's about getting results. Oh, my fan is the new free-to-play app. Open packs, collect players, then pick your team and crush the opposition. This is the next level fantasy football. Think you've got what it takes? Stop talking and start proving. There's £125,000 up for grabs. Ultimatefan.com. Download the app now. Must be 18 years or older. Terms and conditions apply. Please play responsibly.